0: To the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Dear friends, welcome to the third Sunday of Lent. Last Sunday, we reflected on Jesus taking Peter, James, and John to Mount Tabor. There, he had an awesome and indescribable encounter known as the Transfiguration. This encounter is a life transforming experience. This led Peter to saying he was overwhelmed and he suggested to build three tents for Moses, Jesus, and Elijah. This was, must have been an exciting experience for Peter because we are told he was so saturated. The scene is indescribable. Let's build three tents must have meant he didn't want to come down again. They were comfortable to stay. But Jesus took them so that they would get a glimpse of the glory of heaven. We will say a miniature of heaven. To open their eyes to see what will happen after the crucifixion. So that when they are hit by the hopelessness of Good Friday, they will not give up. As believers, we need the mountaintop experience. We are all, will be all. And Lent is a period of preparation towards the mountaintop experience. What life will be in heaven? I don't think if you would like to miss it. And this is why the humans are intensifying even their effort towards baptism, towards their preparation. For the mountain top experience. Today, the first and the gospel readings point to the fact that human needs are multifaceted. Humans hunger and thirst for many things, ranging from material, spiritual, even marriage. Others have a hunger for truth, freedom, justice, love, and so forth. However, most often, our needs are insatiable. Our needs are insatiable. This is the reason St. Augustine in the 4th century would say, our hearts are restless until they rest in the Lord. Restlessness we can see in our being. You want this. When you get this, you want another thing. From one thing to the other. Endless desires. But when we want the Lord, only God can feel that space of wanting and wanting and grabbing and grabbing. The people of Israel in the wilderness, we are confronted with an aquatic problem. Aqua water. Their journey to the promised land through the wilderness was cumbersome. Many have gone to Israel, have been there. If you pass through Egypt to Israel, you can reason with the people of Israel. When they were thirsty at Massa and Mareba, they rebelled and put God to test started complaining, no water. But before then, they were seeking for freedom and Moses paid the price. And when God finally freed them, they came to the sea and the enemies were behind them. Going forward, they can. Going back, they couldn't. Moses intervened and they crossed. They made the lack of food they turn to Moses again. Moses agreed and then turned to God. We are always rebelling. The commentators of Exodus tradition saw the wilderness period of Israel's history as a time to turn to God for security. It was not a time to be complaining. He is the one that initiated their freedom. If they are in problems, they should turn up to God. They should look up to God. The water struck from the rock is a biblical symbol of life. The life given presence of God as the sole provider for the people of Israel. All they needed to do was to always turn to God, and we can fall into that trap. Always complaining. Always complaining. Some people, even if they are taken to heaven, they will complain that heaven is too sweet. Complaining and complaining like the Israelites. We know that they had tough times in the wilderness, but we should always look up to God. The gospel presents the encounter between Jesus and the Samaritan woman who came to draw water at the well at Sychar Jesus accosted her Give me a drink For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food The Samaritan woman said to him How is it that you a Jew ask a drink from me a woman of Samaria Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Worse still, she was living a life of sin and had five husbands, she is now living with another man out of wedlock. No Jew could speak with a woman of such a history. But Jesus crossed the boundaries, the barriers to confront the woman with the good news, despite the racial discrimination in order to save life, save a soul. To have suffered under the hands of five men wasn't an easy experience with this woman. Five men. But when she met one man, she turned her life around. Jesus took time to catechize the nameless Samaritan woman who was desirous of genuine love. The five marriages didn't give her the desired joy. Rather, she was left more vulnerable, disappointed, and unsatisfied. She was dumbfounded because Jesus knew her story. Jesus used her past not to condemn or ridicule or make her feel guilty. Rather, he uses it. He uses his intimacy of knowledge to work for her salvation. And she was more convinced when she realized Jesus knew her. Deeply, profoundly. And the woman was mesmerized and asked, are you a prophet? And Jesus took her on a theological toe. A body worship, true worship, the Jews offer in Jerusalem. But Jesus said, time shall come we will worship God in truth and in spirit. And for Jesus to have confronted her, that Jesus came to ask for water. I said, no, I can't give you. See, if you know the person asking, and I'm capable of giving you water, that you will not need to come here and ask for water again. Her attention was becoming profoundly deep, convinced on who was the person she was dealing with. Her encounter with Jesus was dramatic and significant. And this woman needed someone to listen to her, someone to understand her situation. She needed that understanding, which she never found until she met the person of Jesus. Jesus treated her with respect and lavish love upon her. What she has never experienced Jesus offered to her. This changed her worldview. While she was thirsty for ordinary water, Jesus offers her something worthwhile much more enduring and much more enduring that he is capable of giving her the water that she would drink and never be thirsty again. And I think all of us with the type of thirst we have materialism, a thirst for sex, a thirst for this. only one man can quench such a thirst. We can find that in the person of Jesus, capable to quench all sort of thirsts. The Samaritan woman was thirsty for water, like the people of Israel, in the wilderness. This water is symbolic. We cannot take the Gospel of John like ordinary, reading Matthew, reading Mark, and reading the Gospel of Luke. John was so superior in his presentation that the more you look, the less you understand. And what is he saying to us using this story? That water is symbolic. It is life-given, heading toward the water of baptism that gives life everlasting. The water will become a spring of welling up to eternal life. It's not just talking of ordinary water, but Jesus. It's progressively, progressively. From the ordinary to the extraordinary. Only Jesus can satisfy the deepest thirst of our human soul. Our souls are restless until they rest in the Lord. We can chase the wind looking for happiness in material things, in buying fleets of cars, fleets of houses. You want this. You want that. Unsatisfied desires are deep inside. The only person that can feel that void is the man hanging on the cross that is inviting us to come follow him. When you have Jesus, all these things will drop. St. Paul's will say, I have counted everything as rope. The knowledge of the crucified Jesus take priority in my life. All that he had acquired none made any sense to him but the man hanging on the cross was the source of his joy. The story gives us a glimpse into the power of God's mercy and love. God shows mercy to this woman elevated her It further reveals the the astute Samaritan woman and her eagerness to learn the truth about God's worship. She assumed a new role in society and returned to her village as a missionary trained by Jesus. The woman that had five husbands she encountered Jesus, and Jesus called her, trained her, and made her a pastor. And she went back to her villagers to invite them, "Come, come, come, come and see." And they came and really saw. And they invited Jesus to stay with them. And Jesus stayed with them for two days. And all of them were just happy. Their encounter with Jesus made a difference. The Samaritan woman represents all of us seated here today, thirsting for truth, thirsting for Jesus. We are baptized with water into Christ and given the mandate to go and be missionaries to others. As soon as She received this mandate, she went back to call them. And this is the role we are supposed to be fulfilling as baptized people, inviting people to the kingdom, beginning from your very family, beginning from your own people. We are challenged to be missionaries by our baptism. The waters of baptism have given us that mandate that we need to invite people to the kingdom, finally, Today, we have the RCIA first scrutiny. The story of the Samaritan woman at the well has great significance on your journey towards baptism. Your journey started like this woman. When she encountered Jesus, her faith grows like the mustard seed. And the church, through catechism, kisses. from Arura. From your sponsors and the entire Christian community have accompanied you step by step through this process of RCIA so that you drink the water that leads to eternal life. In your baptism day, this is where you are heading towards. The story of this woman is our story. As believers and as elect, the elect. Those preparing for baptism, they are no longer catechumens; they are elect. Your baptism prepares you to be a missionary. You are preparing for mission. RCI is a school for mission. All of us are challenged. If you are baptized and you are not on mission, then you are on spiritual holidays. We are challenged that baptism gives us a mission. Jesus has given us a mandate. Go and invite them to the kingdom. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.StAnneAZ.org. Again, that's www.StAnneAZ.org. St. Anne, pray for us.